Chapter 14 of The Last Egyptian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jesse Percival. The Last Egyptian by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 14 Rogues, Ancient and Modern. Consinor arrived early at the Lotus Club and took his seat at a small table facing the doorway where he whiled away the time by playing solitaire. Presently, Kara entered and greeted him cordially, seeming to be in an especially happy mood. "'Well, shall we try our luck?' he said, seating himself at the opposite side of the table. Nodding assent, Consinor gathered up the cards and shuffled them. Several loungers, who knew of the previous game and wondered what the next meeting between the two men would evolve, clustered around the table to watch the result. Kara won the cut and dealt. He played rather carelessly and lost. The stakes were a pound sterling. "'Double!' he cried, laughing, and again the Viscount nodded. The luck had shifted, it seemed, for the Prince repeatedly lost. At first he chatted gaily with those present, and continued to double with reckless disregard of his opponent's success. But by and by he grew thoughtful, and looked at his cards more closely, watching the game as shrewdly as his adversary. The stakes had grown to four hundred pounds, and a subtle thrill of excitement spread over the little group of watchers. Was Consinor going to win back his ten thousand pounds at one sitting? Suddenly, Kara, in dealing, fumbled the cards and dropped one of them. In reaching to pick it up, it slipped beneath his foot, and he tore it in two. It was the Queen of Hearts. "'How stupid!' he laughed, showing the pieces. "'Here, boy, bring us a fresh pack of cards,' addressing an attendant. Consinor scowled, and reached out his hand for the now useless deck. Kara slipped the cards into his pocket, including the mutilated one. "'They are mine, Prince,' said the Viscount. "'I use them for playing my game of solitaire.' "'Pardon, but I have destroyed their value,' returned Kara. I shall insist upon presenting you with a new deck, since my awkwardness has rendered your own useless. Consinor bit his lip, but made no reply, watching silently while the prince tore open the new deck and shuffled the cards. The viscount lost the next hand. The score was evened. He lost again, and still a third time. The luck is changed with the new cards, said he. Let us postpone the game until another evening, unless you prefer to continue. Very well, Kara readily returned, and throwing down the cards, he leaned back in his chair, selected a fresh cigar from his case, and carefully lighted it. Consinor had pushed back his own chair, but he did not rise. After watching Kara's nonchalant movements for a time, the Viscount drew from his pocket three curious dice, and after an instant's hesitation, tossed them upon the table. "'Here is a curiosity,' he remarked. "'I am told these cubes were found in an Egyptian tomb at Thebes. They are said to be three thousand years old.' The men present, including Kara, examined the dice curiously. The spots were arranged much as they are at the present day, an evidence that this mode of gambling has been subjected to little improvement since the early Egyptians first invented it. They are excellently preserved, said Van Roden. Where did you get them, Viscount? I picked them up the other day from a strolling Arab. 
They seem to me very quaint. There are several sets in the museum, remarked Pinch, a German in charge of the excavations at Dasher. It is very wonderful how much those ancients knew. Lord Consinor drew the dice toward him. See here, prince, said he. Let us try our luck with these antiquities. It is quicker and easier than a carte. Very well, consented Kara. What are the stakes? Let us say a hundred pounds the throw. This suggestion startled the group of spectators, but Kara said at once, I will agree to that, my lord. He lost once, twice, thrice. Then, as Consinor, with a triumphant leer, pushed the dice toward him, Kara thrust his hands in his pockets and said in a quiet voice to the onlookers, Gentlemen, I call upon you to witness that I am playing with a rogue. These dice are loaded. Following a moment's horrified silence, the Viscount sprang up with an oath. "'This is an insult, Prince Kara!' he cried. "'Sit down,' said Colonel Varen sternly. "'No mere words can condemn you, sir. Let us examine the dice.' The others concurred, their faces bearing witness to their dismay and alarm. Such a disgraceful occurrence had never before been known within those eminently respectable walls. The honour of the club was, they felt, at stake. The cubes were carefully tested. It was as Kara had charged. They were loaded. "'Can you explain this, Lord Consinor?' asked one of the party. "'I cannot see why I should be called upon to explain,' was the reply. "'In purchasing the dice, I was wholly ignorant of their condition. It was a mere impulse that led me to offer to play with them.' "'It is well known that these ancient dice are frequently loaded,' interrupted Pinch eagerly, as if he saw a solution of the affair. Two of the sets exhibited in the museum have been treated in the same clever manner.' "'That is true,' agreed Varin, nodding gravely. "'In that case,' said Consinor, "'I am sure you gentlemen will exonerate me from any intentional wrong. It is simply my misfortune that I offered to play with the dice.' "'Was it also your misfortune, my lord,' returned Kara calmly, "'that you have been playing all the evening with marked cards? "'I will ask you to explain to these gentlemen "'why this deck, which you have claimed in their presence "'to be your private property, "'bears secret marks that could only have been placed there "'with one intent, to swindle an unsuspecting antagonist.' "'He drew the cards from his pocket as he spoke "'and handed them to Colonel Varen, who examined them with a troubled countenance, and then turned them over to his neighbor for inspection. While the cards passed around, Consinor sat staring blankly at the group. The evidence against him was so incontrovertible that he saw no means of escape from the disgrace which was sure to follow. "'Gentlemen,' said Kara, when the last man had examined the cards and laid them upon the table again, I trust you will all bear evidence that it is not my usual custom or desire to win money from those I play with. Rather do I prefer to lose, for in that way I obtain the amusement of playing, without the knowledge that I may have inconvenienced my friends. But when a common trickster and cheat conspires to rob me, my temper is different. Lord Consinor owes me ten thousand pounds, and I demand from him in your presence prompt payment of the debt. Also, I depend upon you to protect me and my fellow members from card-sharpers in the future, which I am sure you will gladly do. For the rest, 
The matter is in your hands. Good evening, gentlemen. He bowed with dignity and withdrew. The others silently followed, scattering to other rooms of the club. Varen, as a club official, took with him the incriminating dice and the marked cards. Lord Consinor, knowing well that he was ruined, sat muttering curses upon Kara and his own hard luck, until he noticed the deserted room and decided to go home. The disaster had fairly dazed him, so that he failed to realize the fact that as he called for his hat and coat in the lobby, the groups of bystanders ceased their eager talk and carefully turned their backs in his direction. The Viscount had never heard of Hatatcha, yet it was her vengeance that had overtaken him. End of chapter 14